This entire season of Retronauts is fully funded by listeners like you thanks to Patreon. If you'd like to find out how you can help and get episodes a week in advance, head on over to patreon.com slash retronauts. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Retronauts Micro. This is your host, Bob Mackey, and as is the case with these episodes, these smaller episodes, it'll just be me talking for roughly 10 minutes or however long it takes me to make my point. And I will get around to making a point eventually. So to begin, I'd like to say that uh, we at Retronauts get a lot of feedback about what we do right and what we do wrong. And usually when you guys tell us what we do wrong, it's very constructive. Um... It helps us become better podcasters. And one of the most common pieces of criticism I hear is the fact that we really just ignore PC games entirely. And I will say, yes, that's kind of true. If you look at the past episodes we've done in these past two seasons, um, you'll see there's not a whole lot of PC games um, highlighted in what we've talked about so far. And you probably wouldn't have guessed this about me based on what I write about, what I podcast about, what I talk about, what I tweet about, but I was actually a pretty big PC gamer, I would say roughly from the um, mid-90s to probably the early 2000s, and that's back when PC games were so much different than console games. Today, that's kind of the case, but really, you'll find all of those console experiences on the PC, but maybe they look a little better or there's less loading time, but there's not really that much of a distinction between PC games and console games anymore. Maybe if you look at the indie space, there is, but still, that was such a great time for games because they offered so many things you could not get on consoles. So unless you're a new listener, uh, knowing what you know about me, you may be surprised to hear that one of my favorite games is a PC car combat simulator from 1996. And that's actually the focus of today's micro, and that game is Activision's Interstate 76. Let's take a trip back to the 1970s, the decade where you would find your Watergates, your Pet Rocks, your Cheeches and your Chongs. Um, let's see, ABBA, I think, was in the 70s. And okay, yeah, I, I, I was actually born in the 80s, so I, I experienced no part of the 70s. So let's go back to the 90s. Uh, okay, that feels much better. So here we are in the 90s, um, and I have to point out that nostalgia typically works in 20-year bursts. Um, so let me give you an example. In the 70s, we had the TV show Happy Days, which was a tribute to the 50s. In the 90s, we had the that 70s show, which was a tribute to the 70s. So the 90s were really focused on 70s nostalgia. I mean, there are so many hilarious jokes about leisure suits, disco, um, you know, Nixon, everything like that. And this was the perfect time for a game like Interstate 76. As indicated by the name, this game takes place in the groovy 70s. In fact, during the bicentennial celebration of the 70s. This version of the 70s is a bit different than the one that we actually experienced here in the real world. In Interstate 76, the oil crisis, which actually happened here, goes on for much longer. It's much more desperate, causing things to break down in a kind of Mad Max way. It's not quite as extreme, but there are vigilantes roaming the deserts, and gas is a very valuable resource in this world. As society begins to break down in this alternate 1976, a shadowy figure begins to recruit other vigilantes known as Creepers into his private army. 
Before the events of the game, a vigilante working for the side of justice known as Jade Champion is murdered investigating this shadowy figure, and the game picks up with you, her brother, Groove Champion, setting off on a quest for vengeance and to stop the shadowy figure from overthrowing the government. A real possibility in this case. Jade was always a better racer than me, man. No damn secret. And now you tell me she was a vigilante? I mean, guns? On her piranha? It's not Jade, man. No, Groove. You're wrong. Jade was a fighter. My partner. She and I and a handful of others are the closest thing to law around here. <laughs> but recently everyone's been turning up dead. Pacer X, uh, those Wolf Raider dudes in Oklahoma, Torque Daisy and Firefly, Spitfire. They're all dead, Groove. We're the only ones left to hold back a world of shit. She gave you the car. It's your turn now, man. If you don't like it, you can walk the hell back to whatever it is you call a life. Even though Interstate 76 understands the inherent silliness of the 70s, I mean, its opening is basically the Beastie Boys Sabotage music video, it doesn't just use the 70s as a way to make cheap jokes. While the developers could have added tons of jokes about pet rocks and wide lapels and major doobage, Interstate 76 is actually a lot smarter than that. True, its premise is sort of a parody of the gritty 70s cop show, but it really uses that idea as a springboard to launch into an interesting setting with characters that generate a surprising amount of empathy. At first glance, Interstate 76 may look like a fairly superficial send-up of the 70s, but there's actually a lot more to it than you'd think. One of I-76's most iconic elements has to be the bold art style the developers chose, one you wouldn't really expect from a car combat game. Now, instead of giving their characters realistic expressions and clothing and body shapes, these characters, Groove and his pals, they're all very, very simply constructed polygon figures. They essentially look like papercraft in a way. And it's a very interesting choice, one that is evocative of the Dire Straits Money for Nothing video. This could be a reference for us old timers out there, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up and you'll immediately get a sense for how Interstate 76's characters look. So you might be thinking now that maybe this art choice was out of necessity. I mean, how else is a computer from 1997 going to render these human figures unless they were very, very simply constructed polygon models? Well, the characters themselves don't actually appear in the gameplay segments. They only appear in full motion video. So I have a feeling that Activision realized the limitations of character modeling at the time and really, really didn't want to sell their story with creepy, zombie-like human figures. I mean, go back to any game from the mid-90s and look at the humans in those pre-rendered cutscenes and it's a horror show. So I'm really happy the developers understood that even an art style that at first seemed primitive can actually be a lot more evocative than shooting for realism, something I think developers still need to learn today. So now that you've heard the premise and what the game looks like, you might be wondering, okay Bob, how does it play? Why do you like it so much? Well, you might be surprised to know that Interstate 76 actually plays much like a MechWarrior game. In fact, it uses the engine for one of the later installments. And like in MechWarrior, your death machine in this case, a car, not a mech, has tons of parts and tons of things you can stick onto those parts. But there's a catch. You won't be earning any cash rewards for beating missions in I-76. In fact, there's no in-game currency at all. The only reward you'll get at the end of a mission are the parts from cars you destroyed, which adds an extra element of strategy to the combat. 
Generally, you'll want to focus your attacks on a specific part of a car, so you can eventually get your hands on the relatively undamaged other parts. But if you're really good at the game, you can have Groove pull up to an enemy car and shoot the driver dead with a handgun, which is kind of brutal, but it's not that easy to pull off. The missions in Interstate 76 are about what you'd expect. You have to go from point A to point B, protect certain things, attack certain things, race certain things. It's all pretty basic. Still, even with these kind of primitive quests, you're given many ways to approach them with all the car customization options, but what makes this game shine is the sheer amount of atmosphere surrounding these kind of basic things you're doing. The voice acting is absolutely great, especially for 1996, and you're always talking to one of many colorful characters about the thing you're currently doing. And your partner, Taurus, is one of the greatest supporting characters in a video game. I mean, at first he might seem like your typical funky 70s guy, but there's a lot more to him. In fact, the game has a special key mapped to the keyboard where if you press it, Taurus will give a groove a poem. Uh, there's a lot more going on in this guy's head than you might think. Looking out the window of your room onto a wet, rainy day, Main Street under a slate gray afternoon sky. The light on your face is soft and dim under the lace curtain and the streets are empty. In the distance, there is a flash and a rumble. Clouds fill the sky like giant wooden ships on a blackened evergreen sea capped with foam. So if you'd like to play this game for yourself, and I hope that you do if you're listening to me talk about it for so long, um, there's some good news and there's some bad news. The good news is that this game is freely available on goodoldgames.com, which is a great service that's brought plenty of games back from the dead, and I love them so much. That is the good news, and it's relatively cheap too. The bad news is that i76 is a Windows 95 game, which can make for a ton of problems even if you run it in compatibility mode. But to make things even worse, several essential elements of the game, even the physics, are reliant on your CPU's speed. Now back in 1997 when this game released, that wasn't a problem because, you know, it was built for Pentium 90s, Pentium 100s, but today, things get more than a little wacky. In fact, some missions are downright unbeatable when played on modern machines. So unless you personally go out and look up 3DFX voodoo emulation software and CPU throttling programs, you're likely not going to be able to play i76 as it was intended. And the thing is, I did those things and it still plays and looks kinda bad. So I'm hoping someday someone out there makes a patch or maybe Activision will stop making two games a year and give us an i76 remake. I think it's about time. It's about time to have nostalgia for 70s nostalgia, wouldn't you agree? So I think I've rambled long enough. Go out, play i76 if you can. Try to play it the right way. It's going to take some research on your part, but there are tools out there. Tools I couldn't get to work, but maybe you'll have better luck than me. So in closing, I'd like to remind you guys to please visit uh, usgamer.net. That's where I work during the day, as does Jeremy, and they help us eat and rent apartments, which is always important for a healthy life. Thanks again to all of you kind Patreon backers for making this new season possible. And if you want to find us online, be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch.tv, YouTube, and any other social media service. We're on most of them as Retronauts, and if you'd like to reach out to us, that's the best way to do it. So that's it for me today. Keep on trucking, everybody, and stay funky. Stay funky.